Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh. Uh, in this episode, I'm going to talk about belief. This will probably be another difficult um, episode for some of you. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I don't know, I'm not here to play. So I'm, I always, you know, when I started doing the podcast, there was a lot of things I, I was afraid to get into. I didn't want to uh, hurt people or upset them, um, you know. But but here we are. Uh, you'll find this might possibly, definitely will relate to the last two episodes. Um, but before that, if you'd like to continue supporting this, you can do that at theinfinitesparkofbeing.com. The website was down for a little while because I'm an idiot um, that doesn't know how to click a renew button after he updates his payment information. So, my bad. Anyway, uh, you can do that through t-shirts, books, um, all sorts of shit on there, uh, Patreon, Venmo, whatever whatever gets you. Um, and always, if you have questions or uh, comments or you feel that I've said something crazy and that you would like to challenge it, we can always talk. Um, I am not averse to speaking to people on the phone. A lot of you understand that. Um, some people uh, get clarity. Uh, some hear things from me that they don't want to hear, um, which they're probably not ready to hear. And that's fine. But I'm never going to pull a punch with you because I value your time, my time, and I also understand the urgency of uh, this birth on some level. On one hand, this is play. On the other hand, it is, you know, a little serious. Especially if you come to me with a, a pretty significant uh, issue, you know. So, um, I was working on the book, and I was into the section about ritual where I I give you some rituals, some practices. Um, But the point that I was making was that it's not the ritual itself. It is the belief we have in the ritual. When we believe in the ritual itself, these tchotchkes, these sayings, these whatevers, it's we are once again separating, we're, we're putting the solutions outside of ourselves again. We're once again putting God as an outside thing. And I understand, you know, that some people, you know, I, I learned this um, through Buddhism, actually, that, you know, sometimes people need an outside thing to worship and to call on, and some people don't. I need a little bit of both, to be honest. Um, I recognize um, my own divinity and my own ability, however... I speak to it or about it as an outside thing, though there is something playing in the back of my mind the whole time, knowing that that is me. I am doing what I'm doing in order to access the piece of me that is source that does move things in my favor. Uh, Today was one of those days where, um, you know, I don't know if... I don't know. I, I mean, let's say that what happened to me that was so great has nothing to do with, with anything. It's just coincidence, right? 
But if I choose to believe that it's not, then that doesn't feed a delusion and actually help within my understanding helps me understand this all a little better in this way. And I mentioned this before. I mentioned it during the synchronicities episode that when Carl Jung said that the utility of a window and the utility of a door is that there is nothing there. That this all is essential emptiness that has applied meaning to it. Um, And I'm always somebody who bounces around uh, between destiny, fate, free will, not thy will, but my will kind of thinking. Um, and the best I can come up with is that I'm going to act as if I have the ability to move this as well as there is this thing that I'm connected to that allows me the ability to move it. So... And I don't mean a couch. So belief is this essentially a non-quantifiable thought exercise that we are engaged in. Um, but I think that the, 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 the thing that kind of makes me squirrely is I see so much of putting... Um, our own uh, divinity and ability into outside objects, whether it's tarot cards or crystals or beads or whatever, deities and and this is and that's. And I would like to talk to somebody about that, but what happens is they're so defensive of their own beliefs that that all of my questions just get hit with, um, you know, this confrontational thing. I'm not being confrontational. If you feel that it's confrontational against your own belief system, I don't know. Should you have a sacred cow? I mean, you know, I, I feel that we set it all on fire and what's left standing is the truth. I'm not afraid to set fire to any of my beliefs. In fact, I set fire to them frequently and often. You know, I'm not attached to any of them. So, in fact, you know, one time a, a person said to me, she, I can't remember how we got there, but she goes, I feel like you have beliefs, but you don't believe any of them. And my response was, well, you would be right. I don't. I mean, <laughs> they're thought exercises. That's you know, essentially chaos magic. Like, so the way I see all religion and, and magical systems, left hand, right hand, whatever it is, it's all chaos magic. It's all just... It's, it was chaos magic to somebody, the person that decided to do it this way. They were just going, hey, here's the rituals we're going to do. This is what we're going to believe in. And everybody said, all right, fuck it. I mean, I obviously reduced it to my own bullshit, but, you know... Um, the, this, when I, I just don't believe that there's much of a world outside of us, you know, and the more I spend time with, um, this idea, 
the more interesting it gets for me. Um, so one of the things I, uh, right now at work, um, you know, we go through, uh, cycles with our, um, population of clients or patients, depending on, you know, the level of care. Um, depends on what the insurance company wants to call them. I think now we have a participants button. I have no idea. But, uh... Some of them, um, you know, they rub me the wrong way, you know, and you, you spend a certain amount of time uh, uh, qualifying your shitty attitude towards them. At least I do anyway. I spend a certain amount of time doing it, um, you know, finding reasons why, you know, and there are reasons why somebody might not sit well with me, um, I don't do well with victimhood. I don't do well with sloth. I don't do well. And it's not because of those are the things I hate about myself. That's a fun little dumb thing people say to each other. But the reality is, is that that identity for that person lives in my mind. And I have to be re reminded frequently that um, that is my mind. In fact, um, someone reminded me of it yesterday. She was like, look, like, don't forget that they're sick. There's two people in particular. And I was like, yeah, I know. I keep forgetting, you know? And so the identity of this person lives in my mind. So, like not everyone sees them that way. So I'm creating on some subconscious level. I am manifesting, bringing into being this contentious human being that doesn't have existence, right? Identity doesn't exist. It's not, it doesn't have an objective reality. It's a subjective experience. The identity that we have for somebody is subjective. For it to be objectively real, it would have to be free of opinions, preferences, and tastes. For something to have existence, it has to have an objective reality. It has to be an object personality identity is not an object though we try to make it objective um, especially nowadays it's a uh, identity is a fun little thing that I think half the people engaged in it really understand that doesn't exist but I'm creating that within my own mind you know um Thank goodness, due to my nature, I don't require that everyone feel that way. In fact, I prefer that other people don't so that I can get a different perspective because if the identity that my mind has assigned this human being is bad, I don't want it. It sucks. It sucks to be around. I'd love to have a different one. So sometimes you have to ask somebody else, like, you know, do I need to address this? Do I need, you know, what's going on? And you know, the, this person was like, no, you need to keep moving. I was like, yeah, you're right. Okay. And I asked not for confirmation bias, but for, I wanted an alternative point of view. You know, there's people that we all know we can go to that will back up everything that we say. They will co-sign any crazy idea we have. Don't ask those people, <laughs> you know, like if I ask Troy, if somebody's a piece of shit, Troy would be like, yeah, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> but, uh, 
But if I want a compassionate uh, answer, I ask of somebody who's a bit more compassionate than, than me. Um, it's, uh, yeah. But uh, the same thing with uh, this idea of God and belief and these rituals. And, you know, it's like when someone, you know, it's they, this... Like, like it's like you go to going to a spirit guide for guidance. Like your own innate divinity is the guidance system. Like anything existing, well, <laughs> uh, swirling around within samsara is samsaric. Let's say spirit guides are real. They're not ascended beings. They're, I don't know, beings that would be working out their own karma, their own stuff. That doesn't make them perfect. And then you could say, well, my own guidance, that's my spirit guide speaking to me. Okay. Again, if you need the concept of it being outside of you, then sure. Right? Um, one of my favorite stories about guidance and prayer was a client told me that they, you know, I was running a group on spiritual development of some sort and said, so what are you doing to cultivate a relationship with a, a higher power? She said, well, I'm going to church. I said, okay, well, what are, what are you doing besides going to church? Because we all know that putting your body in a different room once a week isn't going to change anything. She said, well, I'm praying. You know, inwardly rolled my eyes and I said, well, what are you praying for? She said, well, I'm praying for guidance. I said, okay. This young woman had been with us before and came back and so I knew a bit of her story and I said, so, you know, this last time out there, you know, when, when your ex-boyfriend used to beat you, wrecked his motorcycle, and um, asked you to come visit him in the hospital after not speaking for quite a while. Was there a piece of you that said, don't go? So, well, yeah, of course. But you went anyway. And then when he asked you to go buy crack and uh, bring it back to the hospital, I wish I was making this up, and asked you to bring the crack back to the hospital, was there a piece of you that said, don't bring crack back to the hospital where your abusive ex-boyfriend is? She said, yeah. Oh, okay. When he asked you to smoke the crack in the bed with him, was there a piece of you that said, don't smoke crack in the bed with your abusive ex-boyfriend in a hospital? She said, yeah. Said, All right, well, that guidance isn't going to get much louder. Like, that's, that's it. Like, that's as loud as it's going to get. Um... Bushes, I think he said something to the effect that the bushes out front of the hospital weren't going to catch on fire and start talking to her. Everyone knows what to do. The reality is, is that sometimes the thing to do is so fucking hard. And we have such a strong aversion to discomfort that we're willing to overlook it. You know, in the opening of the Gita, Arjuna is frantic and Krishna is calm. You know? Arjuna being the scared small self and Krishna being the big self, the self that knows, the you that knows what to do. And, you know, you put 
your belief and faith and sometimes an object outside of you. I mean, I don't know. I mean, sometimes these objects are good reminders. They're, you know, I wrote a bit about Mala, you know, the other day for the new book. And certainly it's a, it's a, it's a tool of mine. Um, it's a good cognitive recentering device. Uh, you know, it's a great way to keep track, to count, to stay present. Um, and yeah, I only chant on a specific wood. <laughs> and like that person said, I have beliefs, but I don't necessarily believe them. Now, what I what I mean by that is that they don't have an objective reality to me, and I don't need it to have an objective reality. This is the problem. When you need there to be a truth, an objective truth, whether it's God or a path or a crystal or a string of beads or who the fuck knows, that's the mind. The mind wants stability. The mind wants everyone and everything to stay the same that none of it will change and it will all be incredibly painfully permanent forever and ever and ever and everybody's grandma lives forever and everybody's mother and father live forever everybody's loved ones live forever and we all just live here which when you say it that way it sounds kind of ridiculous it's painful it's painful to the mind because the mind believes the object is the source of all of its uh, feelings that whatever comfort and whatever you experience had everything to do with the object and not you when that feeling was pulled up from you. So there's a quote from um, Joseph Campbell that I, I posted as a, as a post today and it said, um, what did it say? Um, your God is... I guess essentially that your God is dependent on your consciousness and that all the heavens and hell are within you. you know, that God is within you. Your concept of him has to do with your consciousness. What you are conscious and unconscious of. Right? It's back to the rocking back and forth in the chair. If I rock back and forth in the chair at a certain speed, then I bump the wall behind me. My consciousness expands to include the wall behind me, and then that in turn changes the way I rock back and forth in the chair. Because now my consciousness includes knowledge of the, the wall, and so that affects the decision apparatus of my mind. My subtle body is now expanded to include that. But, um, yeah, it's something to think about. And for a lot of people, when I start saying these things, I lose them because they want everything to be so fucking real. Well, if it's objectively real, then that means you need it to be real for me. Is that what you want? You, you believe that everyone should do your thing? Well, you could say, well, these are all just paths up the mountain. Sure. They're all paths up the mountain. There's multiple paths up the mountain. You can take a lot of vehicles up this 
up, up on those paths to go up the mountain. We're all going up the same mountain, yada, yada. It's all a way to connect to your own divinity. That's what yoga is. That's what yoga means, right? Well, if it's to connect to your own, then why do you keep going outside of yourself? Practices are a framework. They are a framework for us to hopefully go inward. Non-duality isn't something you just decide to do. It's a place that when it's realized, you just, you dig enough that you finally just run into yourself. You dig a hole deep enough that you just run into yourself and you find yourself there. So, but non-duality has to become a thought exercise first before it can, you know, be realized. You have to at least consider it unless at some point you just realize, oh my God, this is me and it's not anything outside of me. But I think, I don't know, I think that even that requires a level of like just thought exercise maybe. You know, to begin, begin considering yourself like... I, if it's in the new book or old book, I don't know about the thumb forgetting it's on a hand kind of thing. Like that it just doesn't know a toe that doesn't think about that it's on a foot. You know. But uh, this, I think that when we're constantly outside of ourselves for some tchotchke, some object, some thing, I think that. Um, and we don't realize that what we're supposed to be doing is going inward with these practices, that I think we're just missing the mark on, on stuff. I think that we're just not quite there. Um, and that's just karma. I mean, that's just where you're at. You know, it's, it's fine. You know. um, anyway, that's all I've got. But, it, well, real quick, the way that related to, you know last week is just how are you going to look at this how are you going to look at your past can you understand being grateful for now but not happy about what happened because all of this you know and a lot of you are you know these Instagram witches and social media witches but you know we're really talking about magic with a K I think that, like, you need to start to understand that you have to hold two opposite ideas in your mind at the same time, and you have to hold them both in your mind as very true. And that's something that a lot of you black and white thinkers just can't get your head around. They're both true. And they're both false. Isn't it Discordians that say... Uh, Nothing is true. All things are permitted, which I think is amazing. Um, that's it. Uh, if you'd like to support me in this effort, go to theinfinitesparkofbeing.com. Um, if you would like to uh, tell me about myself, y'all know where to do that. If you want to talk about some of this stuff and you're ready to talk to someone about some of this stuff instead of just blindly becoming frustrated and doing what you do best which is just to rant, rave, block and just move on with your head in the fucking sand 
um, you can do that too. But anyway, uh, we've known each other for a long time. Uh, you know how to find me and you know that I'll talk to you. Bye-bye.